Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. So in today's gospel passage, we again start off with a healing, as we have several times in the last few weeks. In this case, we have a person affected by dropsy or edema, which is, um, in this case, I presume quite, uh, this person is quite severely affected and is coming uh, to Jesus for healing. And much like the other conditions that we've been talking about the last few weeks, two week, three weeks ago, yeah, three weeks ago now, we had talked about uh, leprosy and again how that disease um, slowly kills your nerves to where you're numb and you're unable to feel uh, the tips of your fingers, the, ultimately the, your limbs, your toes. Life as they often do. And when they do, they don't heal well, and these folks basically slowly rot away. And as I told you, it's not just a disfiguring, which it is, it's terribly disfiguring, but it also uh, just smells terrible, as you can imagine. And the truth is, it's not much different with this edema, often one of the most many different causes of, of swelling in, in your body and in your legs in particular. But uh, one uh, is often uh, diabetes, and there again, your nerves are damaged by that. very thin and expanded by this fluid that's built up in your limbs and you injure yourself and again it tends to not heal well and it smells terrible so these folks affected by these conditions back then there were few very few treatments available to them of course and they were suffering much more terribly than even we would today and I can attest to you that people suffer with this these types of conditions today and were unable to fully heal them so you can imagine what it was like in Jesus' time. Last week, we talked about the raising from the dead of the widow of Nain, and we talked about Jesus' other raisings. And I think as we read today about uh, this story, about this healing, we can connect it with all those other stories that we've heard in the last few weeks. We can start two weeks ago, back with just the care that God shows for us. Such a great care that he tells us that we don't need to be worried about our worldly, daily needs. And many of us are stuck there, right? Thinking about what are we having for lunch? I know I fall into that trap sitting over there sometimes, thinking more about lunch than thinking about God. And here I am, your priest, and up here serving, right? So we get stuck in thinking about what it is that's coming right after church instead of focusing right here on the here and now. Then we have the healing of these people who have physical ailments. Unlike us, I hope, most of us, we're not, we're not suffering, but these people were suffering with diseases that not only made them uncomfortable and pain and suffering from a physical standpoint, but made them suffer physically as we talked, I mean spiritually as we talked about. These people, especially the, the, the folks with leprosy, the woman with the issue of blood that we talked about last week, 
the, the folks with this dropsy, this edema, nobody probably wanted to be around them. And so they were socially outcast. And this obviously ruined their spiritual life. It made them unclean, too. They were unable to go to the temple and worship and pray like everybody else. And, and so these folks were, were both physically and spiritually damaged by this, these medical conditions that they had. And I always, uh, as, as we talked, we got a question last week, if you weren't here, about what, what makes... Um, he was a Roman Catholic, and he was asking, you know, why, why orthodoxy? And one part of my answer was, well, how we, how we think about sin. And, of course, we talk about these folks who have these medical conditions as orthodox as having sin. Now, none of them were guilty, presumably, for what they have. I mean, I guess, you know, we can get diabetes and be responsible for that, right? We can eat bad. We can do all sorts of things that can make our diabetes not good. So we can, in part, be responsible for some of our medical conditions. We need to fight against the sinful aspects of that that we're personally responsible for. But we're not responsible at the end of the day because you know, we get sick, we get cancer, we die, those types of things. That's part of living life as human beings, part of the curse from the Garden of Eden. But yet it's sin, and it needs to be rectified. And I also want to remind you that not only were these conditions spiritually isolating for these people because of the, all the things I've already discussed, but because in Jesus' time, as we hear from other stories, these, it was thought that folks who had disease and physical disabilities of various kinds, that they were somehow responsible or their parents responsible for the way that they were. So they, they were cursed by God. But that is not what we hear in today's story as we go through. So as we're going through, again, we see that Jesus is saying that these folks who are affected, who are at the lowest place in their lives, are not indeed cursed, right? As we go to the next step, it's very interesting, I think, in this story, but it's just an aside. You know, most of the time, right, the Pharisees are coming to Jesus trying to trip him up with questions, right? But that's not what's going on in today's story. Jesus is the one that's asking the questions, right? Jesus says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they held, they held their peace. So Jesus then says to them, who of you has an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and would not straightaway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they again could answer him. But here, right, this person, all the people in our stories before today, those who are worrying about the simple cares of their life, those who have sickness, whether it be leprosy, dropsy, or anything else that they might be afflicted by in their life, and those that are dead, obviously, seem to be fallen into the pit at the lowest point of their life. And Jesus is saying, well, who wouldn't pick these people up if you were capable of picking them up? Wouldn't you pick them up? Even us, pick us up out of our worries about the cares of this world, which we're told not to worry about, to focus 
on God. That's what we would do, and that's what we try to do here at church, is to raise ourselves closer to him. And that's what just happened in this story, right? He took the person with dropsy who was humble enough to come to Jesus and say, oh, I can take care of this myself. I can deal with this. I know what to do. I, can, I'm, I, I don't need anybody else's help. No, he came to Jesus and asked for healing, and Jesus healed him, like he did in all these other stories that we have. And where did he bring him? To the highest place, to healing, physically. But that is just scratching the surface of what we need to hear. We've been stuck the last few weeks hearing about people with, again, minor concerns, physical ailments. They're even dead. But is that the worst that can happen to us? No, we started touching on it last week when we said that that last week's story with the widow of Nain and, and her son that Jesus raised from the dead was a foreshadowing of the general resurrection. And we know that the judgment comes after that. And so the lowest place we could be is separated from God. That has, in this life, obviously physical and spiritual effects, and in, the, in our lives to come, it has the most profound effects. We need to have faith. We've talked about faith a lot the past, past few weeks, but today, I think today's story is focusing us back on humility. It's also interesting how today, if you were at morning prayer, we had um, a couple of, of readings. One was about Daniel. And, right, Daniel was in the highest place in the kingdom. Well, not quite the highest place. He wasn't King Darius, of course. But he was like third, third or something in the kingdom, right? We heard last week at morning prayer. Because what? He interpreted this, this hand thing on the wall, Right? And what happened is, of course, these folks schemed against, da against Daniel. They didn't like that he was in this high place. And they got the king to sign an edict, which you know, king can't take back his own law. But anyway, fascinating rules, right? But he can't, take, he can't change his own law that he made. And he hates this because he loves Daniel. But he has to throw Daniel into the fiery furnace. So he does. So again, Daniel's up here at the high place, goes down to the low place. But what happens? God delivers him. And what does it say? Why does God deliver him? And we hear this, if you're listening to the propers today, they're taken from this, from Daniel. We're going to hear more. So some of it's taken from Daniel. And you'll hear the echoes of that story today um, in the propers. And, um, you know, for example, the offertory. I, Daniel, prayed unto my God and said, Hear, O Lord, the prayers of thy servant, because thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary, and behold, O God, this thy people who are called by thy name. So, again, we have a story of being low and being brought up. We also have St. Paul today. He says, I, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. How? With all lowliness and meekness. 
with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. So St. Paul is calling us also to humility. We'll echo St. Paul's words, right, every week where St. Paul says he's the chief among sinners. And what does that earn us, so to speak? Well, it's in, last night, we were, we were reading from St. Augustine. I acknowledge my transgression, says David. If I admit my fault, then you will pardon us. Let us never assume that if we live good lives, we will be without sin. Our lives should be praised only when we continue to beg for pardon. But we are hopeless creatures, and the less we concentrate on our own sins, then we're more, the more interested we become in the sins of others. Because we start to seek to criticize, not to correct. Unable to excuse ourselves, we're ready to accuse others. And that's, he says, is not the way that David showed us how to pray and make amends to God when he said, I acknowledge my transgression, my sin is ever before me. So David shows us humility, putting ourselves in the lowest place is the way to get closer to God. The way to get closer to God is to go down, not to go up. We need to abase ourselves thoroughly. We need to always be begging God for mercy. We don't need, yes, of course, we want, as St. Augustine also says, what we combine with God is not our lack of sin, because that's impossible. What we share with God is our hate for sin. That's how we unite ourselves with God, that we won't tolerate sin, that we don't like it. We hate it with every bit of every bone in our body, just like God does, because it isn't what it's, what it's supposed to be. We're not going to be able to stop it. Indeed, we need to stop focusing on that, and instead we need to focus on humbling ourselves. And just like these men with leprosy, just like um, the, the man today with dropsy, just like the families of those who had died in our stories begged for God's mercy for their temporal needs, to be saved from their temporal needs, and God answered. How much more so do you think God is willing to save us spiritually? And if you had any doubt about any of this, right? We have the greatest example right before us, talking to us today about this very thing. Christ himself, who was high in the heavens, had everything he needs, not a care in the world. Doesn't even worry. He doesn't worry about anything. God doesn't worry. Might, you know, we might anthropomorphize him in many ways. But, you know, I don't think God worries. And he comes down, and what does he do? He takes our cares on him because he loves and he cares about us. When he didn't have to, he doesn't have to do this. He doesn't probably, I mean, 
you know, he doesn't probably like it in some ways, right? But he does because he cares about us. You know, it cost, cost the father his own son. It cost the son taking on and uniting himself with human flesh that was tortured and hung on a cross to die. It took God himself, Jesus Christ, both in body, soul, and every way, dying on that cross so that we could be saved. So the good news of today and in our stories today is that Christ himself has put himself in the lowest place in order that he would be raised to the highest place in his ascension, right into the very throne room of God. In order that we can do the same thing if we are willing, we're willing to also be humble and abase ourselves. Stop worrying about certainly what we're eating for lunch today or whether we're going to have clothes. And start worrying about the fact that we are mere creatures in need of healing, physical, mental, spiritual, because we hate sin, and those are all states of sin. Whether we're responsible for them or not, we hate that. We want God's healing, and if we ask God, God will heal us when we ask him. We have faith in that. God will never, ever forsake us or ever leave us alone. We know this because he's been chasing after us since the day we fell. And he's going to keep doing it. He's never going to give up on us. So don't give up on yourselves, but humble yourselves. And know that when you do, God is waiting there to heal you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.